0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about the one true standard for living. Tradition, if it goes along with the scripture,
1: nothing wrong with it. Family tradition, to get together, to do everything, nothing wrong with that. But tradition is so bound up in our lives. If your tradition gets in the way of God or contradicts the Word of God, then tradition has to go, absolutely, or you will honor tradition over God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Ceremonies are an important part of culture, but what happens when they become more important than the actual reason for the ceremony? Well, according to Pastor Xavier, you get religion. Today, he takes us back to the Gospel of Matthew as he brings us the simple truth about what happens when tradition takes the place of faith.
1: Matthew 15, verses... 1 through 20. The source of man's defilement. That's the title of the message. It is amazing to me how often we want to excuse our actions. We want to excuse it by saying, well you don't know what he or she did. You don't understand the situation. You see it's because the economics the oppression, because I'm white, because I'm black, because I'm brown. And God says, no, it's because you're a sinner. Now, a lot of those dynamics are, in effect, affecting things. But they're just symptoms. Symptoms are not the true cause. If you're a person that has terminal cancer, and you're diagnosed with cat cancer. And they say, there's a chance that we can get it all if we move on it now. And you go get a second opinion, and the guy says, oh, it's nothing. Let me give you some pills. I'll get rid of the pain. One is dealing with the costs. The other one is dealing only with symptoms. The one is a true physician, the other one's a quack. God doesn't want to deal with the symptoms. He wants to deal with the cause. Because if you deal with symptoms and you kind of manipulate and shift things around so that you can alleviate the pressure so the symptom goes away, uh, the only thing wrong with that is the pressure will rise up somewhere else and it will manifest itself in another way. Because you haven't got to the root of the matter, the source of the problem. And that's what's so neat about the Word of God and our relationship with Jesus Christ, is that try as we may, we want to point fingers, justify, accuse, excuse. God looks at us and He says, It's you. There are other variables. I'll get to those later, but let's deal with the cause. It's you. It's you. And so we have such a scenario here in Matthew 15. The Pharisees had come to a place of being so rational, so chic, so superficial, that they were attributing outward ceremony to cover up the inward defilement. The true source of the problem. The argument here is not of moral defilement, not of spiritual defilement, but of ceremonial defilement that they, then they concluded would contaminate you and defile you spiritually. It's a human rationale. And let me say to you this morning that our churches are full of human rationale and not the scriptures. We acknowledge Scriptures, but we rationalize the Scriptures, and therefore we are not living under the power of the resurrection. And for that reason, we as a body and as a church are going around trying to deal with these outward superficial manifestations and deal with them on a human level and human reasoning and really putting the power of the resurrection aside. And it's because we don't want to acknowledge what the Scripture says. That I'm lost, I'm a sinner by nature, and I need to die to myself and draw from God. And unless I understand that, until I understand that, and then implement it in my life, I will not experience the abundant life that God says I'm to experience. But remember, the choice is mine. Absolutely. Verse 1 down to 20 says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. But He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God? Because of your traditions. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his mother or his father, Whatever profits you might have received from from me has been dedicated to the temple, is released from the honoring of father and mother, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching this doctrine, the commandments of men. Then he called the multitude and said to them, Hear and understand, Not what goes into a man's mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Then his disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard you saying this? But he answered and said to them, Every plan which my Father, my Heavenly Father, has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, both will fall into a ditch. Then Peter answered and said to Him, Explain this parable to us. So Jesus said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. In verses 1 through 9, we have the religious rulers who charge Jesus with transgressing the tradition of the elders. Notice first that they were a delegate from Jerusalem in verse 1. You remember in Galatians, Paul is recalling in chapter 1 how he was zealous over the traditions of the fathers. And then in chapter 2, he relates how a delegate from Jerusalem was also sent out And Peter saw them, and he was eating pork chops. It doesn't say pork chops, but probably regular unclean food with the Gentiles. That's my translation. And then when he saw the Jerusalem delegate, he kind of tiptoed over to the Jewish corner and started eating bagels or something, you know? And Peter and Paul rebuked him to the face. He says, what are you doing walking two sides of the street? He says that the stumbling was so great that even Barnabas was stumbled at it. Now, Barnabas was a tremendous spiritual man and he was stumbled over it. Tradition is so bound up in our lives. And tradition, if it goes along with the Scripture, nothing wrong with it. Family tradition, to get together, to do everything. Nothing wrong with that. But if your tradition gets in the way of God or contradicts the Word of God, then tradition has to go. Absolutely. Or you will honor tradition over God. Now these guys were a little upset. Pharisees. Later on, You have Sadducees also in chapter 16, verse 1, that come to him. But here are the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the teachers of the law. They were propagating their tradition and their oral law. The tradition that they were coming against was not scriptural. And usually when people start fighting over what the Scripture says, what they're arguing is not scriptural. It's a misconception, a preconceived idea, their interpretation, but not what the Scriptures say that it is. And really, it's a waste of time. Though we don't get the party of the Sadducees here, but we do in the next chapter, it's interesting that the Pharisees were the teachers and the Sadducees were the priests. And Jesus warns them about the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees was ritualism, hypocrisy. The Sadducees was rationalism carnal reasoning. We have those two groups today in the church. Those who are caught up in ceremony and ritual over the expense of God's Word and the liberty of God's Spirit to move in such a way to be contemporary to reach the people in today. And then you have those who are within the church also who are the Sadducees. Who they are? They are those who deny. They acknowledge the power of the resurrection. They acknowledge the Word of God, but they don't resort to it. They resort to human reasoning, to therapy, psychology. Oh, yes, God, born again, Word, power, yes. But we have to do this. Sadducees and Pharisees have always been around, they always will. And when you attack their system, boy, do they get upset because it's their system. Human. Not what the Scriptures declare. Notice how this group here in verse 1 stands in contrast, very sharp contrast to those just at the end of the preceding chapter, from verse 34 to 36 of chapter 14. In the land of Gennesaret, these people believed Christ. They came they, and they, they begged Him and they were healed. They were touched. They weren't saying, what can save me? What can heal me? They were saying, who? Be careful of what is being preached today over television and especially Radio. And all those commercials. They tell you what can deliver you. My Bible says who can deliver you. Be it to be saved or be it for the issues of life. It's Jesus Christ and the power of the resurrection and the Word of God. And not some man-made system of 12 steps or therapy or anything else. Now, you've got something wrong with your brain, you need an operation, go see your brain surgeon. But let me propose that your problem is your heart, not your brain. That's where the core of the problem is. Nowhere else. What a sharp contrast here. Remember, this is after the third Passover. Jesus, in a few chapters, he's going to be facing Jerusalem, headed towards Jerusalem under the shadow of the cross. The opposition, the antagonism is mounting up already. In chapter 12, verse 14, they plotted to kill his, uh, Jesus. And it's mounting up. It's increasing. He's getting in the way more and more. Notice in verse 2 that they were questioning the breaking of the traditions as we said. Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Silly little traditions. They had a special little tradition that the Pharisees, they would get to... uh, It was um, the the minimum of what they call um, a quart of a log or half of an eggshell. And they would put their hands in a certain way. And first they would put their hands upright so the water would, would rush down and all the dirt would go off this way. And then they would tilt them forwards, Being this clean, the water would rush out that way and nothing dirty would go that way. So then they could eat. They would do it before and after. Remember John chapter 2? Jesus at the wedding feast, there was a water pot of the manner for purifying. That's why. Now, there's nothing wrong with washing your hands. Wash your hands. You want to eat with dirty hands? Eat with dirty hands. But it's kind of nice to wash them. But it doesn't defile you before God. might make your food taste funny. But that's about it. But we get so bound up with all these little things that God has never put, and we put a greater emphasis on that, and we discard what is important to reach people and to communicate the gospel, and we're fighting over all kinds of different things, and what it is is it puts an obstacle before God. And who are the greatest of fault? Those in the church. Not outside the church, but those in the church. They had all kinds of dumb things. You couldn't walk a certain length uh, for the Sabbath day. You couldn't carry a burden. If you had false teeth, you couldn't do that. Um, I mean, they had all kinds of weird things. But see, the rabbis know how to figure. You go to Israel today and you find the Orthodox Jews, you find them with the big curls. You know why they have that? Because they're no longer farmers for the most part. And so how they fulfill the article in the law where it says you shall not reap the corners of your fields. That was for the poor. They don't reap the corners of their hair and they let it grow. Rationalism. God never intended that. But that's man's plan. A lot of this, as they are talking about, you find in Leviticus. Leviticus is full of the ceremony of of washing and all that. Leviticus 11 through 13, even further down for the issue that comes out of your body. All kinds of things. But those are more for hygiene, for health. Not for ceremonial, that it... Made you unclean spiritually. And so we have to distinguish between the two. Now, in verses 3 through 6, Jesus charges them with breaking God's commandment by their traditions. That's interesting. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandments of God? Because of your tradition? For God commanded saying, "Honor your father and mother, and he will curse his father and mother, but let him be put to death. That's what the law said in Exodus. You curse your father and mother, you're stoned. Now, if we have those same laws today. We would have no problem with juvenile delinquency. <laughs> Exodus 21, 17, Leviticus 29, and Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 23. You see, one of the basic factors that is a problem in society today is children do not respect their parents. Now, we have terrible parents today. But kids, if you're a Christian, you have no excuse. I don't care who your father and mother is. I don't care how bad they are. You are to honor your father and mother. Honor father and mother does not mean that you go along with their philosophy of life. Honor father and mother does not mean you obey them to do things that are contrary to the Word of God. Honor your father and mother means that you treat them as your father and mother with love and respect. That's what it means. Today we've got a lot of ungrateful, disrespectful children and teenagers and young adults. And I don't care if they're non-believers. You can come to church here and act so spiritual if you act like a jerk at home then you're carnal. You're around and say, well, what can I do? What can I do? And you go home and you say, hey, take the trash out, John. Ah, take it out yourself. It's a matter with you. <laughs> you're Christian. If your parents are not saved, what are you doing to provoke them to be saved? You may be the only thing, the only person to preach the gospel to them. Hopefully not. But you may. God's commandments. This is the fifth commandment, Exodus 20, verse 12, Deuteronomy 5, 16. Very basic. If our society would throw all our stupid laws away and just follow the basic principles of the Ten Commandments, we would have a healthy society. Take any law you want, you'll trace it back to the Ten Commandments. It's for an orderly society. It doesn't mean God wants you to have a terrible time in life. He wants you to enjoy life, so he need some parameters, some organization, some guidelines. But what does that prove? That proves we're lawbreakers. Why do we have speed laws? Because we're lawbreakers. Every time I drive down, it says 55. I go a little more, I'm a lawbreaker. If we weren't lawbreakers, we wouldn't need rules. If we weren't lawbreakers, parents wouldn't have to tell the kids what to do. We're lawbreakers. You go by a place and they just painted a building and said, wet paint, don't touch. What do you do? You touch it. It is in our very nature to break, to challenge law. But when we do, we want to blame others. Well, you don't understand. This is what happened. It was back all the way to Genesis. Adam says, the woman that you gave me, Lord. <laughs> Nobody wants to take responsibility in the church or outside the church. We think we're so chic. We finally have, have found a good loophole. It's been around for a long, long time. There are traditions. Verse 5, You say, Whoever says to father and mother, whatever prophet you might have, and received from me has been dedicated to the temple. The word "corbin" in Mark 7, 11. It's an Aramaic word which means the gift, dedication. Sorry, Mom, you know, you guys are financially in need, but you know, all the money I have, I've dedicated to the temple, so therefore I can't help you out. And the thing is, the intention was never to really give it to the temple. It was just a false pretense, a loophole. Are your parents in need, and they're non-believers, and you don't help them? Your primary responsibility, I don't care how old you are, is to look after your parents. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if they're non-believers. Now, you get some difficult parents, I understand that. And you may not be able to bring them into your home because they're so difficult but are you there to help them with their home? Now I know parents get older, they can bug you all the time and all that, and, you know, and, and the, the wife and the husband, it can be real tense, but this is where you guys have to walk together and know that you have the responsibility both to her parents and your parents, not just one-sided. And you have to be in prayer and you have to be in agreement and you have to help your parents. I don't care if they're non-believers. More so if they're non-believers. And yet, as Christians, sometimes we kind of just brush it aside. Because, well, I'm doing service to God. I mean, God needs me, and I'll... You're straining a gnat and swallowing a camel. Now remember, you to your parents, and remember, kids to your parents, respect, honor, obedience. It works both ways. Notice the consequences in verse 6. By saying this is released from honoring father and mother, thus you have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. By this human rationale, all of a sudden, you start with the premise of God, you extend it out, you reason it, you rationale, you make a conclusion, your conclusion ends up destroying your premise. The very foundation, the beginning. It happens all the time. People say, well, God predestined some to be saved. Conclusion, God predestined some to be damned. Wrong. I've just destroyed the premise of predestination. It's based on God's foreknowledge and man's free will. But I've leaned so heavily to one that I've excluded the other. And therefore, I've destroyed the truth of God. And that's always the danger. You have made the commandments of God of none effect by your traditions I wonder how many things we have allowed in our own lives to make the word of God a none effect because of our traditions and how many other things because of the evilness of our heart I'm not going to do that I'm not going to put up with it I'm not going to accept that I'm not going to bow my knee I'm not going to forgive him I'm not what's the problem my heart Absolutely my heart. Nothing else.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese with the simple truth about a deceptive heart. Now you can request a copy of today's important study from the Gospel of Matthew called The Source of Man's Defilement. It's available on CD for just $4. Now be sure and request an additional copy to share with your brothers and sisters in the Lord. The title to ask for once again is The Source of Man's Defilement. Or simply mention today's date when you write... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, what happens when you constantly deny the Word of God? Find out when you join Pastor Xavier Reese right here for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com